COVID-19 crisis in the Philippines is out of control, says a former Philippine health secretary. That's as cases in the country top 252,000. Convicted killer Joseph Scott Pemberton inches closer to freedom as Philippine immigration officials prepare for his deportation. And dozens of village officials in the Philippines suspended over alleged anomalies in cash aid distribution. Good afternoon, I'm Rain Musi. Dayline Philippines weekend begins right now. A dire warning from a former Philippine health secretary, Dr. Manuel Dairit says the Philippines is facing an uphill battle as it has yet to see the worst impacts from the COVID-19 pandemic. Dairit also claims the government has been unable to keep a lid on the health crisis. We've not controlled it. What I'm saying is we're trying to control it, but we're not able to control it, and that's why it's an upward curve. You could see cases of over 10,000 a day. It could be far worse. But certainly, if your benchmarks are countries like Thailand or Vietnam, you know, we're not doing as well as them. Dated statements come as the Philippines reported more than 4,000 new coronavirus cases Friday, the highest daily tally in September. This brings the total to 252,000. Recoveries at our 186,000, while the death toll is at 4,100. The World Health Organization's solidarity trial for COVID-19 vaccines expected to start in the Philippines on the last week of October. As Dwight De Leon tells us, the delayed clinical trials for the anti-flu drug Avigan may also push through soon. Scientists sounding the alarm over alleged inconsistencies and lack of safety data in a study on the potential Russian COVID-19 vaccine, the Sputnik V. More than 30 experts in Europe identified what they said appeared to be a number of duplications in the figures presented in the research. The lead author of the study rejects these claims. The World Health Organization stresses vaccine development takes time. This, according to the WHO, was proven by the delay in the COVID-19 vaccine trials of British drug maker AstraZeneca. On Tuesday, late-stage studies were put on hold following a potentially unexplained illness in a volunteer. According to the Philippine Health Department, the WHO's solidarity trial for potential COVID-19 vaccines may start in the Philippines in the last week of October. Health Undersecretary Maria Rosario Verheira says the WHO has yet to decide which among the 34 vaccines will be included in the trial. The sites where they will be conducted are expected to be identified by the end of September. Kailangan makausap natin ang officials ng local government, maipaliwanag natin sa kanila, and then hindi lang yung mga officials, kailangan pati yung komunidad nila ma-inform natin, we can engage them, we can explain to them the advantages and the adverse effects of these specific vaccines bago natin umpisahan ito. And while the initiative has yet to start in the Philippines, so are the country's clinical trials for anti-flu drug Avigan as a potential COVID-19 treatment. But the health department says requirements for the delayed tests are almost complete. This comes more than a month after the Philippines received Avigan tablets from Japan to be used for the trials. Dwight De Leon, ABS-CBN News.
President Rodrigo Duterte finally signs the Philippines' second coronavirus relief package weeks after Congress ratified the measure. The palace says the Bayanihan to Recover as One Act, or Bayanihan II, will be crucial in government's efforts to revitalize growth and strengthen the local health sector amid the coronavirus pandemic. Bayanihan II sets aside 140 billion pesos for industries greatly affected by the health crisis and 25.52 billion pesos in standby funds. Some 13.5 billion will go to health-related responses 3 billion for additional personal protective equipment and 4.5 billion for the construction of isolation facilities. Like the first relief package, Bayanihan 2 allows the president to realign funds for pandemic related expenses. But instead of weekly, the measure requires Duterte to submit monthly reports to Congress on how the funds will be used. Worldwide, COVID-19 cases are now over 28.3 million. The latest tally by Johns Hopkins University also shows the death toll has breached 913,000. Recoveries, meanwhile, have surpassed 19 million. The U.S. still tops the global COVID-19 tally with 6.4 million cases, including 192,000 deaths. It is followed by India and Brazil. In other news, Beijing ready to discuss maritime cooperation and the creation of a code of conduct in the South China Sea. That's according to Malacanang after China's Defense Minister General Wei Fenghe paid a courtesy call on President Rodrigo Duterte. Feng He and his Philippine counterpart, Secretary Delphine Lorenzana, also agreed to continue dialogue in the disputed waters during the signing of China's donation of humanitarian assistance equipment to the Philippines worth a billion pesos. There, Lorenzana guaranteed the Philippine military will continue to conduct maritime patrols in the West Philippine Sea. Renzana also reaffirmed Manila's adherence to the arbitral ruling which invalidated China's all-encompassing claims to the South China Sea. This development comes weeks after Manila once again filed a diplomatic protest against Beijing. That's in relation to Beijing's harassment of Filipino fishermen in Bajo de Masinloc back in May. To the Pemberton case. Let's now get an update from ABS-CBN correspondent Bianca Dava, who now joins us live. Go ahead, Bianca. Rain convicted killer U.S. Marine Lance Corporal Joseph Scott Pemberton remains here in his detention facility in Camp Aguinaldo. There are no confirmed details yet on his departure to the U.S., but his camp is already finalizing his travel documents. U.S. Marine Lance Corporal Joseph Scott Pemberton is a step closer to leaving his detention facility in Camp Aguinaldo. This after the Bureau of Corrections turned him over to the Bureau of Immigration before noon yesterday. Immigration spokesperson Dana Sandoval said the agency is at the waiting end as Pemberton's camp finalizes the flight schedule and travel documents for his deportation. Sandoval said the National Bureau of Immigration has to issue a clearance that Pemberton has no other pending cases in the country. Yesterday afternoon, a team from the NBI took Pemberton's photograph and digital fingerprints. Sandoval added the American serviceman's camp should also present his flight itinerary and other travel documents which are specifically required for deportation proceedings. 
Pemberton also tested negative for COVID-19. His swab test result from the Research Institute for Tropical Medicine showed. But the BI had earlier clarified that the swab test result is not a requirement for the processing of Pemberton's deportation. Now, once the NBI clearance and flight arrangements are in order, Pemberton will then be moved from his present detention to the airport. Last Monday, President Rodrigo Duterte granted an absolute pardon to Pemberton, who is convicted of killing Filipino transgender Jennifer Laude in Olongapo City in 2014. The American serviceman served nearly six years in detention for homicide. Rain aside from the deportation order, Pemberton will also be blacklisted from re-entering or returning to the Philippines, according to the Bureau of Immigration. Rain? Bianca, do you see any presence of uh, U.S. Uh, embassy or U.S. legal team there for Pemberton? Rain, we're now at one of the gates here outside Camp Aguinaldo, and so far we have not um, noticed any movement here or any guards from the U.S. Embassy. But uh, as of now, BI agents or agents from the Bureau of Immigration are conducting a coordination meeting in Camp Aguinaldo to discuss logistical preparations for Pemberton's deportation. Rain? And uh, is it true that it could happen in the next day or two? There are no um, final details yet as to the schedule of uh, Pemberton's deportation, but we are expecting, as what his uh, lawyer, Attorney Rowena Garcia Flores, said, that it can happen anytime soon. Rain? Thank you so much for that report, Bianca Dava. 89 village officials have been suspended over irregularities in the distribution of the Philippine government's cash aid to poor families affected by the pandemic. The officials have been placed under a six-month preventive suspension. Criminal cases were also filed against 447 individuals for acts of corruption and misconduct still in relation to the implementation of the cash aid program. Over 200 of the suspects are elected local and village officials, while the rest are appointed officials and their civilian co-conspirators. The cases are now being handled by different city and provincial prosecutors across the country. Philippine authorities are investigating 57 foreign and local persons of interest possibly involved in Germany's wire card accounting scandal. The Philippines became embroiled in the collapse of Wirecard last June when the German payments giant initially claimed to have kept $2.1 billion in two of the country's biggest banks, BDO and BPI. Mel Rosella, the executive director of the Anti-Money Laundering Council, said Friday he, both banks have been cleared from the probe. But some of their officers were included in the list of suspects as they are believed to have forged documents to show Wirecard is a depositor. Local immigration personnel were also tagged for supposedly creating fake entry and exit information on Jan Marsalek, Wirecard's former chief operating officer. Marsalek is also included in AMLAC's list of POIs, along with German businessman Christopher Reynard Bauer, who the Philippine government said died from natural causes in Manila in July. Rosella adds AMLAC's list has already been submitted to German investigators. Former Manila Archbishop Luis Antonio Cardinal Tagle has tested positive for the coronavirus after arriving in the Philippines from Italy. The Vatican's news website said he is asymptomatic 
and now in isolation. Before leaving Rome, Tagle got a negative result on September 7th. According to the Vatican, Tagle was in Turin in northern Italy earlier this week for an event. His last meeting with Pope Francis was on August 29th. Tagle is the current prefect of the Holy Office's Congregation for the Evangelization of Peoples. And before we go, America commemorates the 19th anniversary of the deadliest terror attack on its soil, the 9-11 tragedy. Powerful light beams lit up the lower Manhattan skyline Friday as part of the annual tribute to 9-11 victims. But the commemoration was a little different this year. The pandemic reconfigured the 9-11 memorial ceremonies, allowing only families of victims to mourn thousands of lives lost in the tragedy. And while we stand here united today, remembering our loved ones, Let's continue to honor their lives by standing united against all of the injustices we, the 9-11 community, are facing. And remember who is responsible for our pain and suffering, the hollow in our hearts, the empty spaces at our tables, and throughout our lives. That responsibility lies with the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, and we all deserve to know the truth. The 19th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks is also coupled with a presidential election with the two nominees remembering the tragedy on two distinctly different tones. U.S. President Donald Trump started his day by delivering a sobering speech at the memorial site for victims, while Democratic challenger Joe Biden focused on visiting with families who lost loved ones in the attacks. And that's Dateline Philippines Weekend. I'm Rain Musni. Thank you so much for joining us and keep it here on ANC.